Welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you're joining us today. It's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. And so if Four Points Ministry has affected you in any way, if it has helped to change your life and you would like to give back, just go to fourpoints.org and select the safe and secure option. We're excited to hear a powerful message today from Pastor Mark about freedom, about how Christ died to give you freedom to take that heart of stone and turn it back into a heart of flesh if you will choose to throw off the offenses that naturally come into your life every day. What a powerful message. We can't wait to hear what Pastor Mark has to say. I've been feeling all week a, a, a level of excitement um, to tell y'all about the next steps of the promise. I just feel like this is a teaching moment. I'm going to take advantage of it. I've been feeling an excitement, and I could tell with some, a little bit of pushback in my own heart that um, God was up to something. And I just think God's funny. Not ha-ha, just when I think I've got some stuff figured out, he's always got a plan that's better, y'all. And um, like I really believe this is how much God loves us. I really believe God told me to stop the service just now for that precious lady and whoever else really needs the touch of Jesus. And I've got this message plan that I'm excited about, and I've been anticipating and exciting announcing this to y'all, but I'm just telling y'all, God is much more interested in the individual than he is a building plan or a piece of land or anything else. And so I just, I just want y'all to know that. I don't care if you ever learn anything from me that's you think is powerful or whatever. We serve a God that's so big that in the book of Job, he looks at Job and says, Job, where were you when I put the stars in the sky, bro? <laughs> you complaining, but where were you? And yet that same God will stop a service for one. Y'all, that's an amazing God. He's not bound by our brains, and he's not bound by our ability to comprehend him. And yet he doesn't look at us as peons like we really are. He looks at us and says, I love you. I'm so proud of you. I'm proud to call you my son and daughter. Yeah, but God, look at how I've screwed this thing up, and he doesn't care. He simply cares about your heart being in tune with his. And that's really what today's about. And so I just come with just, my heart's heavy, but not in a bad way. It's excited heavy. And the part that I wanted to teach y'all is this. I know that you've got plans for your life. We've got some stuff coming up that we're planning that we're working hard on. But I'm just telling you, the moment that I can't let God interrupt my plans is the moment that I should shut it down. Because God is cool with us planning ahead and working hard, y'all. I believe God loves hard workers. And I'm big on work ethic. I don't really like laziness very much. But I just need you to know that if I toil and labor without the Holy Spirit's work, then I'm just running in circles and thinking that I'm getting somewhere. But whenever I can have alignment with the Lord, well, that's when everything changes. And so this is what I hope that you'll look for in your life. It's not a feeling. Because sometimes feelings, how many of y'all know that feelings can lie to you? But a lot of times because we're so scared of feelings, we miss moments. And if I had ignored the Lord just now, 
Well, then, then that still may have happened, but it might not have. So we have to be sensitive to what God's doing in our lives. And I'm talking about the little things, right? I'm talking about when your kids are wanting some attentions, Dad, some, some of your attention, I mean, Dad, and you're exhausted from a long day's work and you don't feel like messing with them, but you decide because you feel pressed by the Lord to give them a little bit of your energy because that's what makes the difference. Listen, you can teach them and open the Bible and sit at your table all day long, but they're going to remember those times that you lay in bed with them when you don't feel like it and talk to them and hug them. That's a moment. And if we can realize what it means to have a moment, well, then things change. And I believe this is one of those moments. So I'm not going to skip over what we've been excited to tell you, but I just want you to know, y'all are a pretty special group of people to me. I love y'all so much. And the reason that I believe we're going to change the world is not because of the pictures I'm about to show you, and I'm pumped about it, but y'all, that's just the next place we're going. This, you, and the God that loves you and lives in you, that's why we're going to change the world. It's not a man. If this man goes away, y'all, that same God is good. And I don't plan on going away. So I just hope that you'll understand what it means to have a moment. I want to tell y'all a little bit about this. Because I know some of y'all weren't here when we announced the promise months ago. And back in October, I got a habit of coming in here when I get a little bit. I don't know if any of y'all have ADD, but I got, I got ADD pretty good. It's, it's, it's a gift. And whenever I get stuck in my office and get going, I either walk in and mess with the staff in their office and they're praying that I go pray instead probably a lot of times, you know. And then I'll come in here and I'll just walk through the chairs and I'll just keep my eyes open and pray out loud. And it was a day in October I was praying and I just felt as surely as I'm standing here, the Lord said, walk outside. And I was like, that's awkward. <laughs> I reckon I will if you said it. I looked outside and as surely as I have air in my lungs, I heard the Lord say, prompt that, that Joshua chapter 1 verse 3 just came to my mind. I promise you what I promised Moses that wherever you step is yours. It's your land. And I thought, wow, that is crazy. And I started trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out. But I knew that he was talking to us. And I knew it was true. And the piece of land that we looked at when we started this church that was way too expensive for us to even consider when we had $5 and a, and a Big Mac, if you know what I'm talking about. Like, we didn't have nothing. It was a couple, it was a, it was a million and a half dollars. And we thought, that's awesome, but it ain't gonna happen. All of a sudden, it comes back on the market. And the man that owned it said, we wanna do business with you. We heard that y'all are a church and y'all are interested. And the owner financed it for us. And it was just crazy how God set it up. And so that all started back then. And we didn't do a huge capital campaign. We didn't ask for pledges. We just believed that we were supposed to present it. And if, and if y'all were faithful and you provided the money and we had saved and been good stewards, we were just going to go with this thing. And so, so this is what is now coming. This is what, this is what we want to show y'all today. Is it's going from... It's going from an idea of dirt to an idea that it might be. I'm just going to let y'all know now. We know that this is not the right color orange. So, 
Let me help y'all with that because I know there's going to be some questions. And I also need you to know that whenever we build it and it doesn't look exactly like this, you don't have to be upset because it's probably going to look a little bit different. But this is the front, Highway 101, and over behind me is Hammett Road, and this is what it'll look like from the road. And do y'all see how cool that is that there's leaves in the, I don't know. Some will say squirrel. And the tent's up for the first time guests. And so we only have the outside to show you. I like the playground over here, by the way. We only have the outside to show you and the Batman symbol. That's what I call it so everybody can see it from the road. But we just wanted to show you briefly that we're moving, that that God's moving. And I just, I want to get, this is the back parking lot, what it's going to look like. That's where we're going to put first-time guests, by the way. It's going to be awesome to love on them and be ready to roll. But this is what I want y'all to know. First of all, you're going to be able to see all of those online. So if anybody's got questions, we put it at the bottom, fourpoints.org backslash promise. And all of that stuff, those pictures that you just saw, they'll be on there. But I want y'all to know that we purchased that land, 14.2 acres, for almost $800,000. And our current balance that we owe is under a half a million now. And I'm, I'm so excited and thankful for that, y'all. Super excited. Super excited. But here's what I felt led to tell you. Is if you, when you see that building, here's a couple things to know. Number one, that's about three times the size of what we're currently occupying today. And the, and the auditorium is estimated at about double what we're in now. Not necessarily size, but seating capacity. Might be a little bit, little bit bigger than double, but the seating capacity will be about double. So why does that matter? It matters because every single one of those seats, all of that kid's area, all of those parking spaces, somebody say amen. amen. And the bathrooms and, I mean, all the way through. Everything matters because every single one of those people, y'all, it's not going to be big enough for long what we're building. Because it's going to go from 580 seats to 1,000 seats, and we got a plan for that. We're going to reach this entire community with the gospel. And I don't know if it'll stop there, and I'm not worried about it. I'm not making plans if it stops there, if it doesn't stop there. Here's what I'm telling you. We're going to do it. And God's going to change the world through us. I believe that he put us, not Mark Pangle, us on this planet for such a time as this. But I'm here to tell y'all that that half a million dollars is awesome and it is the next step. When we pay that off, that land is paid for and that's a big step to the banks. But that whole project counting this is about $5 million total. And look at your neighbor and say, wow. Because when I say $5 million and we didn't have 5000 in the bank in 2011 when we started this church, I just laugh out loud <laughs> like that. But here's what I'm telling you about $5 million. God, I've got a message for y'all, but I ain't going to preach it today. That's nothing. I know some of y'all are thinking, that's nothing. I really believe that. I really believe when God's people are faithful and we all bring what we can bring. I'm not asking you to bring $5 million, although if you got it, we'll take it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I just believe when all of God's people are faithful, he provides. I know that my God that I serve only needed five loaves and two fish, and he fed over 20,000 people that day. So I just know when we bring what we can bring, God will bring his. And I know when you're talking to banks and when you're talking to architects, they look at you and say, well, we can't deal with your faith, but they're going to. They're going to learn what it's like because we're going to bring ours to the table and we're going to watch God increase because 
I believe what he said, give and it will be given to you, shake and press down, running over. And I believe when we do our part that we're going to watch God do his. And so it is $5 million. You're going to see that eventually. I don't know when we're going to put it out there. We haven't even gone to a bank yet because we know we got a process to deal with. But I want y'all to know first because it matters. So whenever you ask me a timeline, I'm going to tell you this. I want it to be yesterday, <laughs> but we're moving at the speed of obedience and what God tells us to do. So if it's three years from now, so be it because I love this place. And we'll do four services in here because I want to reach the community until we're ready to do this thing right. So I know you got questions, and I do too. So go on that website right there. If people got questions, they can go on this website. We'll put a little bit more information on there, and then you can email us and ask us. And if we can answer it, we'll answer it. And we might, just so y'all know, we might tell you, I don't know, because we might not know. But we do want y'all to know that we're working and we're excited, and God's going to do this thing through us, through our obedience. So if you've never given to the promise, you can write a check today or go to the kiosk or do whatever and you put promise on there and every single dollar that you do to that goes straight to paying that off. Every single cent. And we're being faithful and we'll tell you more about that down the road. And here's the other announcement. Starting September 9th, we got a huge series we're kicking off that day. Starting September 9th, we're changing our service times to 9.30 and 11.15. Now here's why. We believe two things are going to happen by doing this. One, it's going to balance out, and we're going to open seats up, and we're going to reach people in both services. We don't want this one to be empty by any stretch. But the other thing is we're big, big on community here. And we believe that that time will help the parking team. Come on, parking team, say amen. And help some other people and Here's what I believe. We're not going to plan on a longer service. As a matter of fact, we're going to plan to do it the way we're doing it. But if God moves, we're not going to stop him. Right? We're not going to stop it. And we believe that this time, these two times, talking to a lot of people, getting a lot of help, are really going to set us up for the future. Really going to set us up for where we're going. So we're excited. We believe, listen, if you're an early person and you don't serve here, you just get to go to lunch earlier. Right? So here's what we're doing. Starting at 8.30 a.m., every Sunday starting on this day, we're going to have a volunteer rally at 8.30, and that includes prayer. And if you've never volunteered here before, how are we going to get to those buildings? By you coming at 8.30 and beginning to volunteer. Say, I've never volunteered before. We're asking you at the end of this service to go to next steps. If you're a first-time guest here, I'm pumped that you're here, by the way, but, but this, isn't, this part isn't for you. But if you can give us four hours a week, when you're not working and you're in town, if you can give us four hours a week from 8.30 to 12.30. And by the way, if you grew up going to Sunday school, you already did four hours a week. Yeah. So I, I hear people complain sometimes that's a lot of time. And I'm like, y'all went to Sunday school. It's the same thing, right? So all we're asking is 8.30 to 12.30. We're going to be out of here by 12.30. And if we're not, the preacher went too long anyway. Come on, somebody, right? But we're excited because we believe that if you and I and we get involved and do this thing together, we're going to see that happen by one person at a time increase, by people far from God coming to him, by excitement that we share together and by us bringing our stuff to the table. And so I'm excited about these two announcements. I'm excited about what God's doing, and I just wanted to share them with y'all today. So come on, somebody. Let's celebrate together.
Y'all give Jordan a hand. I just, it adds. Huh? Jordan is the man. We're going to have a fast version of Galatians today. Look at your neighbor and say, listen fast. If you, if you were not here the last couple weeks, I want to encourage you to go back to watch the messages and to catch up because y'all are going to feel like you're having a lot thrown at you in a short amount of time today. But last week, if you remember, it was about seed. It was about seed, and it matters so much. It matters so much today because it ties directly in. And so we ended with Galatians 3 last week, if you remember, and we're going to pick up right there today. Someone say, no longer slaves. No longer slaves. That's the whole thing today. No longer slaves. Galatians 3, picking up where we left off last week, it says, since we're baptized into Christ, we've been clothed with him, with Christ. I love this verse so much, y'all can preach this just by itself. Woo! So there's no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, since you are all one in Christ Jesus. This should end all racism and sexism in America today. Because I don't like when people say, I look at black people and I don't see black people. Because you do. You know what I'm saying? Like, you see me that I'm white. So we don't have to lie to each other. But what I care about is not your skin color, but that you're in Christ Jesus. Right? So I don't have to lie and pretend that I don't see that you're a different color than me. But I can love you no matter if you're black or white or Hispanic or male or female. Because we are the same in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to him, then you are Abraham's seed that we talked about last week, heirs according to the promise. Now, I say that as long as the heir is a child, everybody say child. He differs in no way from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. Instead, he is under the guardians and trustees until the time set before him, which is a similar theme to last week. Here's what I thought of when, when I saw this is when I was a child, 1 Corinthians 13, I spoke like a child, I reasoned like a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. I'm going to mess with y'all real quick. That's the love chapter in the Bible, by the way. Love is patient and kind, does not envy, does not boast, it does not keep a record of wrong. I wonder how many of us have done the opposite of those things this week, but because we know about God, we think we're not childish. Because what I have to put away is the way that I used to think about people and start thinking about them the way that God thinks about them. And this is what Paul's saying here is as long as I still think the way that I used to think, most of the time what gets us stuck and hardened is when someone wrongs us or something has happened to us and we get back into our old selves. That until the time our heavenly father sets, we don't receive the inheritance that is promised to us in Christ. Y'all, there is nothing that my God will not supply for me, but he loves me enough not to give it to me if I'm not walking with him. And most of us sit on the street corners spiritually and beg instead of walking as a son or as a daughter in Christ. And I'm not going to say with all due respect because I just mean it the way that it is. It's because we're still children spiritually speaking and so he says as long as this is the case we have a great inheritance but we're still slaves in the same way we also when we were children 
were in slavery under the elements of the world. When the time came to completion, God sent his son born of a woman born under the law. And that's, of course, we're talking about Jesus and born of Mary to redeem us, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Everybody say adoption because that's what we are. We're adopted into the faith. And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. That is so important today. Right here. He sent his own spirit. Jesus' spirit lives in you if you're a follower of his. So that we're crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave. Someone say, no longer. No longer am I supposed to be a slave, so why do I find myself in slavery still? What's the problem? If I'm an heir, he made me this way. So, so, so what's my problem? Like seriously, this is what the simplicity of today's message is. So why does it still feel like I'm this way? I felt this weightiness about today's message, and this was the weight. Because Galatians is such a powerful book because it can be simplified as freedom in Christ. So why does it feel like I know about him, but I still can't walk it and live it? Why does it feel like even though I hear a good message or I get motivated because of a good thing or whatever happens, that my marriage still feels exactly the same or worse next week? It's because my circumstances do not define me even though I let them define me. What, what matters is what's inside of me. And this is all about your heart. Look at your neighbor closest to you and say, it's all about your heart. Come on. It's all about your heart. It's all about your heart. And if I'm a son, God has made me an heir. So I'm going to skip now to the beginning of chapter 5. I want y'all to go back this week and read chapter 4 and share this message on Facebook since I didn't ask y'all to do it earlier. I need y'all to know there's a big difference between I, believing I can be a son and believing I am a son. And I believe this defines the church right here, y'all. Oh, I believe you can be a son, and I believe I can be a son. I believe I can be an heir. But believing that if I just walk with Jesus, I receive everything that he promised me in his name. I don't have to beg for it. I'm not a beggar anymore. I just have to be. I, I have to be careful not to say God right now because he decides when right now is right. But I believe the shift in your life and in my life is, is, is the shift from I believe I can to I believe I am. So here's what verse 5 says. For freedom's sake, Christ set you and I free. He set us free. So stand firm and don't submit again to the yoke of slavery. If you want to circle something in your Bibles or highlight something on your phone, if you're following along with me, this is the verse. He said, for freedom's sake, he set us free. So if I can say something to you, listen to me, if I can say something to you and in 10 minutes you can be so messed up and mad at me that you can't even think straight, you are not set free from the tyranny of the, of, of the yoke of slavery. Because if I have the ability to defend, offend you, excuse me, so bad, or let me say something else that you might think is funny. If our president has the ability to tweet something and he can offend you so bad that you can, it can mess up your whole day, you're under the yoke of slavery. Because the devil doesn't make me do it. My belief system makes me do it. 
And if I believe that you owe me anything, then I set you up for failure and I've already locked myself down into the yoke of slavery. Or let me just call it something different than what it really is. I'm actually still a child. Because I may look mature to you, or at least big, right? Tall to you and, and an adult. But if you can see me reason, especially in a time of difficulty, or if someone does something to me, you can tell if I'm in a yoke of slavery or in freedom. It does not matter how much Bible knowledge I have. It matters what's inside. What's inside matters. And he says, take note, I, Paul, am telling you that, that if you get yourself circumcised, it's a big word right there, circumcised, Christ will not benefit you at all. Now. Here's what I want y'all to know about circumcised. If I had more time, I would have torn it apart a little more, but I need y'all to know this. Every time I do a wedding, and the people that have never heard me do a wedding before, they look and go, that dude's crazy because he talked about circumcision during a wedding. <laughs> like, this is weird, right? Because that's typically not a topic you hear at weddings. <laughs> Dude is weird. But all that circumcision was starting with Abraham. He said, on the eighth day, I want you to circumcise Isaac because it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a seal and a, and a, and a covenant with God. It was like, this one is set apart for me. And every male from that point on was to be circumcised on the eighth day. As a matter of fact, Jesus, when they describe him, the Bible says on the eighth day he was circumcised. Paul, when he's giving a testimony about his life, says, I'm in the tribe of Benjamin, and on the eighth day I was circumcised. Just to simply say, I'm one of God's. I was set apart. I had a covenant with him. And what I tell people is, I wear this ring not because I like jewelry, right? Because you don't see a ton of jewelry on Mark typically, but because I've been set apart as Leah's till the day that I die, I made a covenant with God that I'm hers and she's mine. There's nothing magical about this ring. It's tungsten carbide. I think I said that right. So it's hard to break and hopefully I don't break my finger right. And, but, but it's just a ring, but it's a picture of that I'm, that I'm circumcised to her. And in this day, the, the Gauls, the, the people of Galatians, we're making this big deal about outward circumcision. And Paul starts the conversation here and says, I testify to you that every man who gets himself circumcised after he's a Christian but he's not a Jewish person, that he is obligated to do the entire law because you begin to believe that that outward circumcision is what makes you free, is what sets you whole, is what makes you right. And he says, no, 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 you are trying to be justified by the law but you're alienated from Christ. You've fallen from grace as a result. And this feels like the church to me. This feels like what we are. I've, I've done everything that I can. I do as much as I can. And I, I know I'm not the only one that does this. So I start looking and going, God, look, I've done this outside thing. Look how good I'm doing. And so I start looking at yours saying, they ain't doing it as good as I'm doing it. And falling from grace, people have used this forever. They said, oh, bless their hearts. They've fallen from grace. <laughs> right? We use that for actors and actresses. It's the funniest thing ever. Like, were they saved? Because you can't fall from grace if you never fell into it. Come on, somebody. But it's a misunderstood thing because I can't fall out of salvation. I'm just falling back into the yoke of slavery. That's all that means. So it's not that I, God still doesn't love me or that I'm not saved. It's just that I go back to the bondage of what I've always been in. I believe this is the issue that we all deal with is we know about Jesus, but we go back to our old ways saying the devil made me do it. The devil cannot put me into slavery. The only thing that can is my belief system, believing that I have to earn this. Look at this. 
This is what Romans chapter 2 says. I think this is so powerful, y'all. It says, for a person is not a Jew who is one outwardly. In other words, you're not God's people now because you do something outwardly. And true circumcision is not something that is visible, visible or on the flesh like we do to our sons right after they're born. He said, on the contrary, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is of the, everybody say it out loud. Huh. So this whole thing is not about how much I know about Jesus, but this is a heart issue. By the Spirit, not the law, not the letter of the law. That a person's praise is not from people, but from God. So this whole thing, this whole thought that Paul's going through today is about freedom, 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 and the yoke and the bondage. And then that middle section of chapter 4 that I skipped is just dealing with some crisis that Paul was having to deal with with these people in this day as he's writing this letter. But listen, this is exactly... What y'all? a lot of y'all have felt this week because you set out to do good and you look back on your life and said, how could I have possibly done this? And it's because you don't get to leave the yoke and the bondage of slavery and not be childish in your faith by trying harder. Something has to change inside. Here's what, here's what I found is like the best tie-in. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 this is God speaking, says, I'll give you a new heart. Someone say new. You don't need a better heart. You need a transplant because the one that you got is rotten and corrupt. No matter how good we think we are, we got to get a new heart. And he says, I'll put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of, what's it say? Stone. Say it loud. Stone. I'll move this heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Now, someone tell me what this is. It's not a trick. It's a log. It's a piece of wood. A piece of wood weighs what I guess a piece of wood should weigh. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't have the science behind it, but, but it's just a normal piece of wood. And this used to be a normal piece of wood, but it's petrified. This is a piece of petrified, it's now rock, that was wood at one time. And as we talked about the message this week as a staff, I was just going through trying to tie this together because my brain was just going 100 miles an hour. And I thought, what's the best picture? And in our staff meeting, I asked, can y'all give me a description of what a heart of stone and a heart of flesh and Jenny said uh, this and that Will had one and I was like that's awesome and then I learned what this means in the Hebrew because this is Ezekiel this stone literally translates listen to this it literally translates the tablet like the Ten Commandments were written on it's the same exact stone tablet that the Ten Commandments were written on so I want you to think about your life right now as I hold this up because I think the challenge in my life is not how much I know about God. I think for some of you, it's what we started this whole thing with, with the matchmaker. And feeling like you heard about God, 
I love when people say, I've been going to church since nine months before I was born in my mama's womb, right? And so your whole life, you've been knowing about Jesus. I mean, your mama was singing Bible songs to you while, while you were in her belly. And you know all about him, all about him, all about him. You can tell him, you can tell me all about him. But how many of y'all know that in my relationship with Leah, if I can tell you all about her, that does not mean I have any intimacy with her. As a matter of fact, it's kind of backwards because if all I base my relationship with Leah on is how many times I talk to people about her, right? Think about this. And I get home and it's time for me to hang out with my wife. And I look at her and say, I don't really need to hang out with you. I talked about you three times today to people. I mean, come on, somebody. That then life happens. And I start looking down going, God, I did these things for you. I followed the letter of the law perfectly. And I'm angry that you let these things happen to me. Did you know that when rock, I'm sorry, when wood turns into rock like this, it becomes approximately five times heavier than when it's just regular wood? Five times the weight. And I thought about a couple things this week. I thought about what the Bible says about that I should not have the yoke of slavery. And then Jesus said, take my yoke upon me upon you for his yoke is light and his burden is easy I just thought about how many times I feel heavy and like I got to get something done because worry starts coming in my life because I saw someone this week say worry is believing that God will get it wrong and bitterness is believing that he already did if you want to know what it's like to have a hard heart it's a bitter heart Believing that God got it wrong. Now, you would say in your heart, it's not that you believe God got it wrong. It's that someone wronged you. But anytime I hold an offense in my life, the Bible literally says an offended brother is like a fortified city with barred gates in Proverbs chapter 18. That when I have a fence that you could do to me, that this is what my heart is literally like. And this is what's so interesting is if this right here, like we talked about last week, is, is, is what flows, what life is supposed to flow out of, that I can, I can literally spend my entire life closed in a room and reading the Bible and be hardened and upset because it is about intimacy, not information. That this is about a wedding and it's about a love relationship not how much information you can gather and talk about him. That people talk about God all the time and it actually hurts the gospel because they hate people. And Jesus said, this is how you'll, they'll know that you're mine if you love people, you love one another. But, but we say, I'm going to love God and love people, right? Because that's the church thing to say. But we go out with hard hearts. And I thought about this. Why did God say David's a man after his own heart? How... Did he not get to have a five times harder heart? He must have done something special. He did. He had someone killed, and then he had sex with his best friend's wife. That sounds like a winner, doesn't it? Don't y'all stay quiet now. That sounds like someone that should have a soft heart, doesn't it? Someone say no. No, he's bad. 
And only good people get Jesus hearts. That's not what it says. Matter of fact, you can't find it in there. You can't find one person that doesn't say, that, that, that hasn't screwed it up deeply, that it's got nothing to do with how bad I screwed it up, got everything to do with what he did because what flesh means in Ezekiel 36, 26 is so much better than anything else in this message. It means of the same kind and blood type. My gosh! Did you hear what I just said? Of the same kind and blood type. That when he does something new, he's not trying to make this be less hard. He's not trying to make me feel better about my situation. He's not trying to replace or, or, or just fix me. He replaces what was old with something alive. He takes my heart that is so hardened and angry that when bitterness creeps in, believing that God somehow forgot me in the middle of my mess with my marriage. In the middle of my mess when I was a kid and I got abused, in the middle of my stuff that I won't even let come up because I'm a man and I can't go to counseling because I'm too strong for that. In the middle of me denying him in front of people that I should never deny him like Peter did. Like, do you ever read the Bible and go, how did, how did David get to be a man after his own heart? when what other people did seemed so much better than that because it wasn't about that, it was about this. It was about admitting that I'm jacked up and I need help. It was about admitting that my heart is an idle factory and at any moment I will go back to the things that I feel gratification for always. That I'm not better at this thing just because I read the Bible a lot. That's not how this thing works. And the reason that I feel, and, and this is full circle, but this is really what I felt like today, y'all, is the reason that these things turn out to be rock is because this is crazy. But these minerals sink into it. And then literally, I'm not going to try to explain the whole thing because some of y'all are a lot smarter in this area anyway. But these minerals sink in and then it has a lack of oxygen. Now listen to me. Whew, that'll preach. And it becomes hard from a lack of oxygen and the minerals hitting it. Do you know what minerals hit my life? When the taproot of my life is not the Holy Spirit, but it's bitterness. When I begin to look at people pridefully, and I'll say they're not doing what I'm doing. Pride goes before destruction and the Holy Spirit before the fall. And pride and bitterness take hold. And the Bible literally says that spirit means wind, oxygen, fresh breath into my life and when there's no oxygen blowing through when there's not a fresh wind blowing through my life no matter how good I'm doing no matter how much success or failure I have my heart of flesh will become a heart of stone bitterness can sink in at any time when unforgiveness starts showing itself in every area because something happened that I wasn't planning on then all of a sudden this becomes my life and it's heavy it's too heavy for me to walk around with. God did not make you to carry around a heavy heart like this. He is ready for you to let him break apart that stony heart. Not try to fix it and make it better today, but just it, he pulverizes that stony heart and gives you his heart. That's literally what this means. That the circumcision of my heart is not me going through emotion every day. 
It's him setting me apart like the Israelites were set apart as his own, as his seed. And when the circumcision inside happens, he says, you're mine and I'm yours. And just like I wear a ring on the outside of my finger, that seal is on the inside of me. I do not have to perform for you to be his. I just have to remember every single day that I have the opportunity to pick this up and become as hard as you need me to become. And harder sometimes. Or I can be soft on the inside by him putting his newness in me every day. But the moment that I cut him off because I'm a fortified city, and how many of we do that every single day of our lives? Then what should be a light burden, what should be easy, what should be a flow, what should, it doesn't always feel good because difficulty will come, but y'all, God's good in all of those things. We don't have to understand it for him to be true and good. Too many of you have let yourself be defined by what happened to you and not, but what, and not what God did for you and wants to do in and through you today. So if you didn't hear anything that I said in that shortened version, hear this. He loves you. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, you don't know what I did. Listen to me. He loves you. He loves you. And all of your junk in all of your mess, in all of the things that you've been through, in that arrest that you're so embarrassed about, you think if they ever find out about this, I'd be, I'd be ruined. God wants to take what was old and make all things new. God wants to take your mess and ashes and dust and yuck and make you new again. But the way that he does that is not a, a magic wand. He does that through his love. Because his blood is what takes that heart of stone and pulverizes it and sets me free. The way I walk in freedom is not by how much time I do something. But if I hold something that someone did, if I keep the old alive, or if I'll say, you know what, this is what forgiveness really is. Forgiveness isn't saying what they did is good. Forgiveness isn't saying what they did is okay. Forgiveness is saying, God, I don't deserve it in the first place, so I choose not to bring it back up. I choose not to let a seed of bitterness reign in my life. I choose to let your seed reign. I choose to be rooted in your Holy Spirit. So today, God, I release it in Jesus' name. And y'all, I believe this is the release. Whatever you've been wronged in, listen to me, even if it was something that no one did but something that happened to you, Two things have to happen. Either God, forgive me. Or God, forgive them as you forgave me. I don't care what they did or where they've been. You will not walk in freedom until that's your heart and that's your prayer. So I'm here to tell somebody today that the yoke of slavery doesn't have to be you. That we don't have to be children anymore. We can drop that and love like Jesus. But the only way to do that is to realize he chose you. And he's asking you to walk down an aisle and love him back. Will you pray with me? God, we choose to love you back today. This is our place of freedom. So God, 
we say yes to you. We say yes to you. Move in our hearts. Change our lives. We love you so much, Lord. Jesus' name. Y'all, if you, if you need a moment to respond to the message, here's what I want y'all to do. If you need a moment to respond to the message during this place of freedom, I just want y'all to come front. There'll be some people from our prayer team and our care team that'll be down here that'll pray with you. And if you meant what you prayed, let somebody know. Let us walk with you because you're not by yourself. Y'all look around. Look around the room. It's a full room today. I need y'all to know that there's a person that you can touch that's been bitter in their heart this week. So you're not by yourself. There's a person on this stage that's been bitter in recent days, frustrated at things that have happened. But I'm taking that yoke of slavery and I'm letting the Lord pulverize it because it's not what happens to me. It's what's already happened. And it's what continues to be renewed every day. So let's stand and lift our hands and sing to the Lord. This is our place of freedom. Come on, somebody.